Alright, last time on Descent into Avernus, Corden parted ways from the party. Uh, oh, actually, Brad, uh, let me ask you this before I get into this. I was thinking that um, sure. uh, maybe Corden, since you weren't there, Corden went to um, the the Temple of Torm to help Selenway sort of finalize Diamond Finder's, you know, burial uh, uh, since he died. And, and maybe, I was thinking maybe he could go there and deal with that while uh, Alex and Trevor had their little adventure. Uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Cool. Works All right. Me. All right. Last time on Descent into Avernus, Corden uh, parted ways from the party to help Selenway, the priest of uh, Torm in Candlekeep, finalize the details of Diamond Finder's burial. Kabul visited the Great Library in search of Silvira Savikas, only to discover that she had canceled all of her appointments for the day and was not present within the library. However, at the main service desk, he met an individual who was also searching for Silvira. His name was Aver, a dashing individual in a flamboyant coke who seemed to have an appointment with Silvira. Uh, um, they both decided it was a good idea to chat with... Uh, let's see, Aver decided it was a good idea to chat with Kabul about the goings-on of the city and share what they knew about the area. The two traveled together back to the hearth uh, tavern and shared a drink and some food before learning from a pair of drunken monks that Silvira was seen entering a sewage access hatch in a dark corner of the city. Aver and Kabul decided it was in their best interest to pursue this lead and went together to investigate Silvira's last known whereabouts. After discovering the access hatch, they both delved into the passage and soon found themselves in a cavernous expanse beneath the city. After a little exploration, they found a group of Myconids. These are humanoid mushroom people who seem to live peacefully under the city. Sitting in a circle, the Myconids seemed to pay no attention to our heroes and instead gently swayed in a cloud of spores that surrounded them. Not wanting to breathe in the spores, Aver and Cobble attempted to climb around the Myconids' group, but both fell into the center of the fungus and breathed in the spores. Cobble and Aver, Aver both fan, found their perceived realities melting away and they were soon hovering in an endless expanse of silvery mist. Surrounding them were the ghost-like visages of the Myconids, who all at once reached out to touch our heroes. Kabul immediately had a vision of Hannah, lounging in a peaceful grassy knoll, lightly humming a tune while she played her lute. It would seem that despite her ill-fated demise, wherever she was now, she seemed to be okay. Aver had a vision of the cave they were currently exploring, but at a different time. He watched through his vision as Silvira passed by the Myconids and headed deeper into the cave system, carrying a jar sloshing with liquid. Inside the jar was what appeared to be a brain of some unfortunate creature. Awakening from their visions, Aver and Kabul followed the path that they thought Silvira took, only to find themselves at the bank of a large subterranean lake. At the opposite bank, they discovered Silvira assembling some sort of arcane circle. As they watched, they discovered that it was in fact a teleportation circle uh, uh, who when opened, appeared to lead to the mausoleum of Azuth. Silvira stepped through the circle, and the portal closed. And that's where we left uh, um, Aver and Kabul on their adventure uh, beneath the city within their caves. Um, so, Kabul, I want to ask what, what you want to do. Currently, every single player in this game right now is split up. <laughs> we have basically three different right. introductions I'm going to do. Kabul, wh what do you want to do? You're, right now, you're down with Aver. 
uh, in the cave system beneath the city. If I can remember correctly, um, uh, Silverin teleported away, um, and we could not follow. And I, I believe, uh, since we don't have dark vision, the only way we could continue forth is if we went back through the, through the lake that we swam across and grabbed, gathered our things and kind of went back. So, um, we have no, we didn't really have any way of moving forward. So I think that's, I'd just be retracing our steps knowing that our, um, our time with Silveran is probably gone, but also she was speaking a language that I couldn't reconcile. It might have been demonic. I don't know. We also couldn't recognize the runes. I think based on her spell, I don't recall. Um, or maybe um, the guy I was with. Uh, I if he did if I, I remember, he, yes, I think uh, Aver was able. Crit on it. Yeah, he was able to recognize the. It was in fact a teleportation circle, uh, uh, and in fact, and, I had, language, and I had a perception yeah. of where she went, but I didn't recognize where she went through the teleportation. Uh, well, uh, yeah, you uh, with with your role, you recognized one of the statues that you were able to see through the portal. Oh, right, she. That's right. Yeah. She teleported to the the monastery. Yes. yes. Uh, okay. So that's so. Uh, after seeing that, then yeah, I would have. I would gesture to go swim across back the lake, gather our things, and um, carefully go back to town, based, like and retrace our steps. Okay, uh, uh, you're currently cobble making your way back up to the surface street level of the city. Uh, we're gonna leave you and and Aver doing that currently. We'll get back to you in a minute. Perfect. Okay, uh, Vernail. Uh, three ten day ago. So the way uh, uh, time works in this world, uh, uh, one week is ten days, uh, and 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 a week is called a ten day. Three ten day ago, or thirty days ago, a month ago, uh, you were sent from Candlekeep to the city of Waterdeep to uh, recover a dangerous arcane tome called Vazul's Secrets of Undeath. Rumors of a wizard who was also a member of the Xanathar gang, was attempting to reanimate a horde of undead as a tool to combat their rival gang, the Zentarim, within the city. Your task was to recover the dangerous text, neutralize the wizard who had uh, obtained the dangerous knowledge, and return it to Candlekeep uh, to be put safely on a shelf within the library. And uh, think about that while I grab this infant real quick. Hold on. Okay. Uh, uh, once, uh, Vernail, let me ask you this. So how, how did that go down? That's like a whole adventure in itself. You, you going to water deep. This is your opportunity to add your own details to the story, right? So, so you, did, go, go ahead. How did it go down? Uh, you got to repeat everything. I, I literally, you had me thinking about something else. And then I was thinking about like, are, is Cowboy and then are they in Candlekeep? Yes. No. Oh, mm, uh, you guys are underneath. Kabul like no. and Aver are underneath the city. Yeah, I forgot. You don't really have a lot of context here. So <laughs> what what questions do you have, Vernail? I'll answer them the my, best my, I can. My thing is, am I able to find them? Can they be one of my contacts? So I know I have one contact that I can make while I'm in the city. 
So. Oh, that's interesting. Um, they, is, there, is this a way for me to join their journey by contacting them? Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, you know what? And we're going to get to that in a minute. Uh, let's definitely, that's a good idea. I like that. Um, we'll, we'll incorporate that in a moment. But as far as your adventure in Waterdeep to obtain a dangerous tome uh, of knowledge to bring to Candlekeep for safekeeping, uh, uh, you, you ended up... Uh, what, what happened with this wizard, right? This wizard who's a part of these rival fighting gangs, right? H how do you think uh, Vernail would have resolved obtaining that tome? So, so did I actually obtain it, or am I, am I still trying to obtain yeah, it? Yeah, so you have it. You're back at Candlekeep now. So you made it back. Over the course of a month, you went to Waterdeep, got the tome, and brought it back to Candlekeep. And you're now sort of... Um, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to this in a moment. But, but I want to know... What, what do you think about the, the actual obtaining of the tome? Did you fight and kill the wizard? Did you sneak in and steal it? Like, how would how would Aver handle that? Or, I'm sorry, how would Vernail handle that? So, knowing that I would need a team to fight the magician, the magician's way too strong. Obviously, the magician is strong enough to go to take the, the scroll. So, I know that I'm not strong enough alone. So, I had to steal it. I had to use my ability of stealing to get in, grab it, do some backflips, cartwheels, and get at it. It's okay. I'm not fighting anyone that I cannot beat. Nice. So, after all that, I, I go back to the candle keep and, you know, bring the scroll back in. Uh, now I feel like I, I want to go in an adventure. I want to find some other stuff. I want to find some more people that have been stealing knowledge from the monastery. So, that, that, that. And I feel that probably his group knows the whereabouts of some people. Nice. I like it. I like it. Uh, uh, so you make your way back, you do some backflips, cartwheels, you sneak in, you steal the tome, and you get out of there and let the two gangs duke it out uh, in the city of Waterdeep. Uh, um, as you make your way, you end up uh, uh, several, oh, probably about a week traveling south down to Candlekeep. Uh, uh, you return to the city. Uh, you are, in fact, an avowed monk. Uh, you're part of the monkhood. Uh, uh, and you find yourself uh, now sitting in a room that is known to the avowed monks as the Great Reading Room. This is a meeting chamber on the outskirts of the grove within the city of Candlekeep. Within this chamber, uh, uh, you know a man by the name of Walgavin. He's like the head monk, the top monk of all the monks within the city. He runs the show. Uh, this guy is known as the Keeper of Tomes. And uh, uh, the Great Readers, which is a council of, of lesser monks that sort of serve him. These are the leadership. The Great Readers and the Keeper of Tomes. Um, uh, they meet here for, for matters of great import and to talk with lesser monks about, uh, uh, yeah, important things. You're now in this room waiting by yourself at, with an elongated desk surrounded by chairs. And at the center of the desk, you have placed the tome bound in leather and rope, sort of tightening it, like keeping it covered so no one opens it or looks at it. It's dangerous knowledge. You're, you've been sitting there uh, probably in this room for quite some time. Uh, suddenly, uh, the door opens. And uh, in, into the room comes a, uh, a young human woman who's actually heard is shaved bald, uh, but she's wearing a, a simple uh, purple tunic. And, uh, and you know this woman to be Lena Everwater. Uh, she walks in and smiles at you, Vernail, and says, Ah, Vernail, I must congratulate you on your success in Waterdeep. Uh, dealing with the gangs in that city can be dangerous. Let me assure you that your actions helped prevent a good deal of violence and bloodshed. And this tome contains incredibly dangerous knowledge. When in the wrong hands, it will do well to sit in a dark, empty chamber in the vaults. 
And so, Vernail, what do you say to that? So that sounds like a good idea. It needs to be locked up and never seen again. Especially if it holds that much power, it needs to be locked up. Uh, yes, uh, I think also, we're... Yeah. My question is, is she an about monk? Yes, so she's the closest thing you have to a boss. Uh, uh, because you're a part of the uh, Candlekeep Reacquisitions Unit, basically your job is to seek out dangerous knowledge and bring it to the to the keep, right? So she's the closest thing you have to a boss. You're given a lot of freedom for like the work you choose to do and how you do it. But uh, yeah, she's sort of Lena Everwater is sort of the one that issues issues you your work. Okay. So my thing is, yes, I agree with her about locking it up. Now my next question is: Is there anyone else that has stolen knowledge? I'm glad you asked that question, Vernail. We do have more work lined up for you. Um, are you sure you don't want to rest? Uh, maybe a, a couple of weeks vacation? Go enjoy the countryside? You know what? I like some vacation. I feel like I want to go on a little adventure on my, by my own. Um, okay, well, before you decide to go out on your own, let me let me tell you about the job I have lined up. Uh, I... I know you've just arrived and are surely in need of rest, but we have a dire security breach within the city. You see, the protection runes at the borders of the city have detected the activation of a teleportation circle. We've pinpointed the location to the lake cavern underneath the city. And as you know, no teleportation magic can be activated within the city walls. However, the cavern extends just beyond the city, uh, which is why the teleportation circle worked. Uh, there's only one entrance to that cavern from the outside, and we've verified that it has remained sealed and unused, which means that this teleportation circle was summoned by someone from within the city. As far as we know, the only person capable of wielding such magic is Silvira Savikas. Sounds interesting. Keep going. Okay. Uh, although she is not an avowed monk, her knowledge has been a great boon to the city and to the monkhood. However, if our suspicions are correct and Silvira is the one teleporting in and out of the city, we need to know why. The risk of losing dangerous knowledge is too great to ignore. Sounds interesting. Looks like I'm going down to the bottom of the city and checking out who really actually set this up. Because what if it wasn't her? I might as well find out who That's exactly... Right there. That's exactly what we're saying. Um, we do know her last known associates. She held a meeting before she disappeared and left her office. Uh, she held a meeting with a group of individuals uh, that we've seen. I've met one of them. His name is Kabul. Uh, he's a blue-skinned uh, martial artist. Who, very skilled. Very skilled. Um, he met with Silvira a couple of days before. I want to find out what that meeting was about. What were they meeting about? And I want to know what Silvira's up to and where she is. If you can find Cobble, that'll be the start of the investigation. Sounds good. I'll head that way now. All right. And uh, um, uh, uh, Lena sort of gives you a nod and a smile. I knew we could count on you, uh, uh, Vernail. And um, we know that Cobble frequents the Hearth Tavern. We've seen him there. Uh, also the Tower of Exaltation. Uh, at this point, we're collecting dossiers on all the members of the party uh, uh, to ensure that we find out what this security breach is all about. Um, good luck, Vernail, and uh, don't give them too much information. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, so uh, uh, Lena leaves. You're left alone in the great reading room. Uh, what do you want to do, Vernail? I'm going to head straight there. There's no reason to... 
I can't go on my vacation until I figure this out. So <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going straight there. Okay, you're going straight. You're skipping the vacation and going straight to back to work. Okay. Uh, so are, are you going to specifically, you know of the Hearth Tavern at this point, and you know that there is a cavernous expanse underneath the city. Yes, what I'm going to do is, yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to use one of my connections to find out exactly where, if someone knows exactly where Pablo is. Okay. Uh, can you read that mechanic to me again? I don't remember if there's a dice roll involved or if you just know. And yeah, I think it's on your character sheet. I think we included it there. It doesn't really. It doesn't say anything about a role. It says I'm in frequent contact with people. The segment of the side that are chosen for these people might be associated with them in the underworld, the rough and tumble folk, the streets, members of high society. This connection comes in the form of a contact in any city you visit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I, could just, I guess I, I have like I could just talk to anyone in the city. Okay, uh, so where do, where do you want to start your search? So you have, um, can you see the candle keep map there? That you everyone should be on that one, right? Yes. Uh, so you know of the Hearth Tavern, which is uh, in area, I believe it's area two. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm at area two, right? What are you saying? So you're about there, that spot I just pinged, right? Okay. So uh, uh, if you were to travel across the city, it would take about 20 minutes. Okay. So why don't we go to... Because that's across the city is where um, they're at, right? Or is it under, like... Uh, well, well, Lena sort of hinted at you that the Hearth Tavern is where they frequent. Um, and actually, I'm not sure your character has any knowledge of them being under underground at all. Like, you, you Garrett, Cat Garrett, has heard that, right? But yeah. but Vernail uh, wouldn't know necessarily that they're exactly under the, under the, under the well, city. Well, well, didn't she say that it happened under the city? Oh, yeah, that's right. She did say that. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, you do. You know of uh, subterranean caves, and you know of the hearth. That's kind of um, where you're at right now. Got it. So I guess I'll head, I'll head that way. Which one? Which one are you going to? I'm going to go to the hearth. Okay, so you head across the city. And uh, uh, you find the Hearth Tavern, and, and as you enter, it's a it's a quaint little tavern, and, and you can see um, at this point it is it's actually mm, early morning, I would say, and uh, uh, you see that there are several monks uh, getting breakfast. There's also several visitors. Looks like to be rough and tumble adventurers getting some food, some breakfast, and uh, uh, several other. Uh, 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 there's actually an ogre in the corner reading a book. Things like that, and uh, behind the behind the bar, you see a handsome uh, human gentleman, uh, a male about middle age, and, and he sort of waves you. Ah, hello, welcome, welcome to the hearth. Um, come on in. Uh, uh, off in the corner, you do see a couple of drunken monks. Uh, looks like they've been there all night, sort of slouched over the tables, uh, uh, looking quite drunk, as well. 
so what do you want to do as you enter the hearth? Uh, I want to find a contact that knows the whereabouts of, or, or knows of anyone going into the Unreaper City. Okay. As you look around, you see the, the two drunken monks. Actually, you, you recognize these individuals by sight, not really by name, uh, but you know that they are um, actually uh, uh, quite quite useful in obtaining mushrooms from the caves underneath the city, and they like to, uh, uh, you know, real hush-hush distribute it amongst the uh, uh, the less devoted monks of the, of the city. Um, and as you approach, they sort of drunkenly look up at you. Ah, hello. <laughs> look at this guy. How you gentlemen doing? So I have a question for you. I want to know if you've seen it. Have you guys gone underneath the city anytime soon? Oh, well, oh, oh, and they kind of look around. They kind of like look left and right, and then like in real like a drunken hushed tone, they lean in, and his and his breath stinks. It, it's awful. He's super, you know, just been drinking all night. Ah, yeah, man, we can we can help you out. We've been under there a lot. What do you need? You need some you need some mushrooms? What's going on, man? I don't need the mushrooms. What I need though is you see. Oh, I, I told this other guy last night. I told him last night. Silvira Savikas in her high tower goes under this city. She thinks she's better than us about monks. She's not even a monk. Why does she get the high tower? That's what I told everyone. Silvira, because she has magic, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I do. Silvira doesn't care about us. I'll tell you that right now. And I saw her going in there. I saw her going the sewer hatch. For what? Not for mushrooms. She never she never does that, right? So yeah, I saw her. Fuck Silvira. She's stupid. Was she the only one that you saw go down there? Yeah, she was alone. You know. Yeah. No friends. Nobody likes her. Sounds good. Thank you so much for your information. I'm gonna head there now. Uh, you want a drink, man? No, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Whatever, dude. And uh they go back to what they're doing. Um all right, Vernail, so you got your information. I'm going to head straight to the sewer. Okay. Um, let me ask, how are you approaching? Uh, uh, moving through the streets, you're now after, you're on the trail, you're on the case. How are you moving? How do you want to sort of, uh, uh, he sort of, this monk tells you the general location and, and you think it's familiar. You've spent time in this city. Uh, the information he gives you will, will lead you in the general area. So the question is, are you moving stealthily, casually, sneaking through shadows? How do you want to move? I'm going to move casually. I don't want them to think that I'm hostile. Okay, very nice. Sort of blending in through crowds. Very much like uh, 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 Assassin's Creed, you know, how <laughs> he like, walks through the crowds, kind of like that. Um, uh, uh, moving through the crowds, moving towards the crate, and as you approach the the area they they notified you, you see the crate door open, and actually you see a uh, uh, strangely enough a, a blue skinned uh, individual in simple clothing. Uh, you see actually a dashing looking man in a flamboyant coat, and then behind them actually a, a hulking figure that looks to be uh, shrouded in some kind of uh, uh, burlap, perhaps makeshift cloak, covering his his um, his form. Um, and you see this as you're watching from the cover of a crowd across the way. And we're going to, Vernail, we're going to leave you there for a moment. Uh, uh, Cobble emerging from the sewer grate from underneath you. Uh, uh, actually, I forgot to mention Oliver Buckleby is with you guys as well. Uh, you, Oliver Buckleby, and um, Aver all emerge from the sewer crate 
uh, or from the sewer grate, basically, onto the main level of the street. It's now early morning. You guys were underground for, for the night. It's true. Um... Um, I guess I would have. We went there through the night. Uh, I don't want to spare exhaustion. So, I get because that means we'd have to rest for eight hours. Um, I guess I'd be heading to the. Um, what do you call it? Um, where's the sheep? Uh, the place where we rent the beds for silver. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, the bunkhouse is yeah, what you're referring house. to. Yeah, okay. but, uh, yeah, it's not called the bunkhouse, but you know what I'm talking about. Okay, I think the it's called the bunkhouse. Oh, the house of rest. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, yes, yeah, so as you sort of exit the grates, uh, Aver turns to you, Cobble, and says, Well, Cobble, it's been real. Uh, if you find any more information on Silvira, you know, let me know. I got some business to take care of. Uh, and Aver sort of gives you a handshake and goes his own way. Okay. Uh, yeah, shake him. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll let him know, but, uh, I'm starting to, you know, feel like we might have been swindled or on what, uh, Sylvia Sivikis has been telling us lately. He's on my, she's on my questionable radar now instead of being so trustworthy late earlier. <laughs> okay. Anyway. All right. Uh, and, and of course, Oliver... Doesn't really say much, but he's gonna, he's gonna follow you. Uh, uh, Vernail, you see uh, one of the individuals shake hands with the blue-skinned uh, uh, gentleman and then part ways. The hulking uh, covered figure uh, follows behind uh, the blue gentleman, and it looks like they begin walking in the direction of the hearth. What do you want to do, Vernail? Actually, before we do that, Vernail, uh, Cobble, let's go ahead and do a perception check. Almost there. Okay. Um, and then uh, Vernail. So what's going to happen, Vernail, is we're, this is called a contest of skills. So uh, Kabul is making a check to see how perceptive he is. Now you're going to make a check to see how stealthy you are. Go ahead and make a stealth check if you want to remain hidden. Do you even want to remain hidden, Vernail? No, no I, don't. I don't. Oh, you don't? Oh, okay. Then don't do a check. Uh, Cobble, you don't notice anything. But Vernail, what do you want to do? I just want to walk up to him. Oh, dope. Okay, cool. Um, sure. Uh, now, Vernail, as you approach, uh, why don't you describe what you look like, your character, your race, uh, your your basic looks as you approach uh, Cobble. Uh, so I'm a, a green dragon half-breed with uh, two horns and afro. And I, I think I'm like six foot high, six foot four or five. Um, uh, I'm muscular, muscular, athletic built, and pretty much a black man. That's what I am. So, so that's, that's what I am. I'm walking. Looks like a scary, scary dragon. All right, Cobble, you see this uh, individual approaching you. Uh, is there anything you want to do, or do you want to just let mm -hmm. it happen? You know what? I've seen some weird stuff in the past couple months, and if he, if 
Uh, is he, is, if, is the man approaching me, is he in somewhat monk garb or is it traveling garb or is it, what? what is the attire? I get, I don't think I've seen Dragonkin, but, or um, half dragon, sorry, not Dragonkin, half dragon. Uh, what um, what uh, Cat is trying to say is he is a dragonborn. Yes, which, yeah. yeah, which is half, yeah. So I'm in, regu- I'm in regular atti- travel attire. Right, gotcha, I'm, okay. I'm a, I'm, a, uh, I'm a bounty hunter. So being in monk clothes just wouldn't look right if I'm out. Sure, sure. Travel. Okay, so travel. Okay, I just. Uh, I kind of just defensively braced myself, I guess. It looks. I mean, everyone in Candlekeep has been somewhat friendly, so not super. I'm also a very odd creature myself, so I'm like, eh, okay. <laughs> All right, Vernail, what are you what are you doing? He looks like he's just gonna let you walk up, but he sort of braces himself just in case. I just uh, I walk up and I introduce myself. So, hey, how you doing, Vernail? Got some questions to ask you. Okay. <laughs> so my question is, do you know who is it? Sevilla Savanis? What's her name? Silvira Savikas. Silvira Savikas. Oh, wow. Silvira Savikas. You know who that is. I, uh, I ask him, why would you want to know? So, I work for the monastery, and we heard that she has used a teleportation device in, down in the uh, bottom of the city. Do you know anything about that? Hmm. I, uh, you know, me, um... See, I'm gonna kind of ponder myself a little bit, knowing that I just saw her teleport to a monastery. Um, I'm not super sure. I don't really have the intel of why the teleportation was there. I just kind of know it kind of happened um, as we were looking for her, and now, now it seems like everybody's looking for Sylvia Savikas. So this is all me inter. Inter thinking in my head, internally yeah, internally thinking, thinking. Okay. It was like, okay. what the heck? Um, so, um, the monastery. So, I'm gonna ask him if he's because there's tons of monasteries. I'm gonna ask him if he's working from the monastery here in Cannon Keep or a different monastery out, like, or I get. Well, I guess I'll ask him what. Um, oh. Not kind of monastery he works for, but I guess it's like yeah, I guess it's like a devout. Or I guess are you are you a follower of the the local monastery here? Yes, yes I am. Okay, um, then I guess I'll say, um, you know, I I witnessed Severa Savikas using that teleporter to travel to another monastery that uh, is outside of the city. Uh, what's it to you? It's, to me, it is like, it's against Hmm. That is interesting. So, let's see. Do, uh, do I currently know the status of Severus Savigas? I know that she is part of the great library and she monitors everything that comes in and out of the great library but outside of that does she have any other control inside outside of the city i don't think i'd know that though right uh, i don't think you would know what her influence is outside of the city 
Uh, I think at this point, you know that Silvira is not a part of the monkhood. However, right, yeah. she is an influential figure that has been given a space within the library due to her vast arcane knowledge. And um, right. from and what who, impression you get... Uh, I guess I'd have to figure that. out who grants that ability, though, right? The monks, so you, do the monk do the monks assign people in their great library? I'm assuming uh, they would, you can, right? Because you can do library. a straight. You can make a straight intelligence check, or you can do a history check, whichever you want to do. Okay, I'll do. Uh, I'll do a. Um, I'll do a history check. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you're not too familiar with the hierarchy that the monks use. Uh, you know that there is. Uh, you get the general. You're not sure of the name of the person, but there is a head monk of some kind uh, uh, that that sort of uh, work, see, oversees a council of, of important monks that sort of distribute. It's, you know, it's like sure. a, a, a tier system. And then there's, of course, like the um, the contractors. You can think of them like these sort of outside contractors they bring in like merchants, right? Like the fast kind sure. of trading company. They're not monks, yeah, but okay. they help the city run. Right. And so Silvira sort of falls under this sort of contractor role, basically um mm. you know she's she's brought in because of her vast knowledge of arcane arts and so she she is basically has a temporary i mean a, a long-term you know place within that tower to do her research and and give the the, the library knowledge sure um i guess with that kind of knowledge uh i will i'll um i'll ask this new guy that approached me if if he'd like to take me back to who you report to, I'll give you I'll give you and those individuals my report on Severa Savikas. I just witnessed her doing some. If you said what that teleporter is illegal, then I don't want to just pass this information to you. I want to pass it to the the monkhood, as I've been in contact with uh, not not just her but uh, several monk. Uh, with Lena Everwater, because I have been I have been investigating everything around here in Candlekeep for the for the past couple of days, and I'm sure they would like to hear my report on what's going on. All right. Uh, so are you saying that you say that to me? Yeah. Okay. So before that, um, can I start? Can I ask you what your name is? I am my. Uh, I go by Kabul. And I show him the little mouse, uh, and this is, uh... No, no, there is, there is no yeah, I thought you mouse. said he was with me. Yeah, well, there is a very large construct behind you. Uh, uh, oh, that's you... right, that's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but he, oh, so he, uh, oh, they, he just watched, came up after me, come, okay, come out of the yes, sewers. So, right. uh, Vernail, uh, uh, go ahead and make a perception check for me, please. So go on your character sheet, and then just click the perception skill. Forgot he was just waiting in his golem. Oh, where? Is, okay, perception. Nice. Okay, so uh, <laughs> it's hard to tell under uh, this this sort of burlap, basically large burlap blanket that's been made into a, a makeshift cloak over this hulking figure that stands behind Kabul. Uh, but you do see out of the sleeves of this thing. Uh, you see two mechanical hands that are metallic and look like they, they're they like clockwork, uh, almost like robotic hands, uh, if you will. Um, and and this hulking figure seems to be mechanical in nature, but but you can't really tell too much more about it. 
So that actually, um, I think I'll go with your idea, Mr. Cobble, just because you talk to my boss. My boss knows who you are. She sent me to find you. So that sounds like a good idea. Well, lead the way. Uh, yeah, I'll just ask him, like, you lead the way, and then uh, we'll, I'll uh, go talk to Lena Everwater about what I just witnessed. Because I did, the, the reason we found that teleporter was off of your monks giving out secret intel while they were drinking at the hearth. They need, you know, and loose lips sink ships sometimes, so you might, you might want to work on that. I shouldn't have been able to find that myself and being an outsider from here. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to my boss about it. And let's, go, let's go talk to her. Okay, so you guys are going to go meet Lena Everwater, I take it then? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so Vernail, that would take you back to the great reading room from whence you came uh, earlier this morning. Um, as you guys make your way back that way, meanwhile, uh, we're going to go over to the Temple of Torm where Corden has been spending his time with uh, uh, the priest of Torm there, Selenway. Um, uh, Corden, uh, after helping Oliver Buckleby overcome the grief of losing his friend Hannah, uh, uh, you decide to return to the Temple of Torm to help Selenway perform the final burial rituals, rituals for Diamond Finder, uh, the Goliath Paladin of Torm who was slain by an orc in the Mausoleum of Azuth. Uh, uh, as you approach the temple and, and you enter... Uh, you see it's a simple, you know what it looks like. It's a simple temple with, you know, a couple of rows of pews and, and an elevated sort of stage for, for uh, uh, the priest to, to, to do his, um, um, what's the word for it? Church Sundays. Rites. Rites. Uh, sermons. Sermons. Sermon. That's a good word. Thank you. <laughs> uh, to, to do his sermons, basically. Um, uh, and as you enter, Selenway is there, and on a table at, at, at this elevated stage space is, is um, uh, Diamond Finder's remains. And you can see Selenway uh, gently wrapping him in bandages, or in, like, basically cloth to prepare him for burial. Uh, and as you enter, he sort of looks at looks up at you with a little bit of sadness in his eyes. Uh, Corden, thank you for coming. Um, I was thinking of taking him to a small hill just off the coast in view of the ocean. It's not fair, you know. He was a good paladin. I had no idea what I was sending him into. You saw the evil he faced firsthand. Is the situation really that bad? I mean, I almost lost my own life. Probably. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. And Selenway gives a, like a somber nod. And he says, uh, uh, oh, go ahead. Did you want to say something? Oh, no, sorry, that might have been my dog. Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 he says, uh, as a priest of Torm, I'm, I'm trained to accept death as a natural and inevitable outcome for all beings that exist here. But I, but if things are as bad as you say, I can't help but wonder if Diamond Finder is still needed here. Um, I know of a chance, uh, a very small chance, to bring Diamond Finder back. What do you think of this? Do you need him? Uh, I mean, I only knew him a little while, but uh, basically died defending us. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that would be nice. I'd be interested. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, 
deep in the woods of Sharp Teeth, where you came from, I know of a lizard folk tribe uh, called the Be- the uh, uh, the Benzvink. Uh, when I met this tribe many years ago, it was led by an elderly shaman by the name of Nurkeet. She was very old when I met her, and I'm not even sure she's alive anymore. Uh, I saw her reincarnate a man. She brought his soul back to the prime material plane with her arcane power. All she needed was a piece of the body to recall the soul. If you think you need Diamond Finder, this is a chance we can call him back to help us. Okay. Yeah, I, I would uh, want to console Kabul and see if, um, you know, anything has changed since I last saw him. But he would probably be interested as well, so... I'd say the chances are good we'd be interested in doing that. Okay. Very well. Uh, uh, forgive the, the brutality of this, but it is necessary if, if you wish to do this. And so uh, Selenway pulls out a knife from his hip, and he actually removes a finger uh, from Diamond Finder's hand. And then his hand glows with a golden holy light around this uh, severed finger. And he uh, uh, he casts uh, a gentle repose, uh, which is a spell that will preserve the remains uh, of something for about ten days. Uh, he then takes the finger and wraps it in a piece of cloth and hands it to you and says, if you can find the Benzvenk tribe and if that shaman still lives, give this to her and she can reincarnate Diamond Finder. All right. Thank you for your help. And so now you have a, a severed finger of Diamond Finder in your inventory. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, as, as he hands you the severed finger, Corden, uh, uh, the entrance, the doorway to the temple bursts open. Uh, 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 it swings open, and in the doorframe is the silhouette of a hulking woman in dirty, ruined plate armor. Her complexion is gray, and there's evidence of tribal tattoos protruding from a dirty and blood-stained bandage wrapped around her head and covering one eye. Uh, uh, Selenway turns, shocked, and says, Gamma! Thank Torm, you're alive. I'm sorry, but your brother, he didn't make it. Uh, Gamma approaches the, 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 the where you guys are standing around the table and, and stares at, at her brother for a moment. And then looks at Selenway and says, I need to talk to Wolgavin. To which Selenway replies, uh, you must rest, Gamma. Please sit. Allow me to heal your wounds. And she says, no. Lena Darkwater, I need to see her as well. And of course, Selenway says, Gamma, they are aware of the situation. You need to rest. Gamma turns to you, Corden, and stares at you, but doesn't say anything. What do you do? Mm, let's see. Maybe introduce myself and... brother uh, died defending me, and I would have died if... Yeah, not for the help of him and uh, and Kabul. Uh, uh, Gamma doesn't say anything, nor does she offer to take your hand in a handshake or anything like that. Uh, she just stares at you. And then uh, uh, finally she says, um, If you wish to help me achieve the final outcome of this conflict, meet me in Silvira's tower at your earliest convenience. And then she turns and leaves abruptly, and Selenway calls after her, but she's already gone out of the temple.
Corden, you're left with Selenway, and, and Selenway says she's going to take the death of her brother hard. I'm sorry about that. Um, but if you need anything else, I'll be here. Thank you. And Selenway turns to uh, uh, preserve the, the remains of, of uh, Diamond Finder. Uh, Corden, what would you like to do? Uh, well, I think I'll look for Kawul and uh, see how things have gone for him while I was on my own. All right, go ahead and make a um, an investigation check as you as you sort of go around the city wandering because you don't really know where Kabul is. <laughs> That's a good point. All right, hang on one sec. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as as you wander the the streets for about an hour, you turn a corner. And uh, you're not, you're sort of looking around, you're not really paying attention to where you're walking. As you turn the corner, you bump into someone, you bump into a dragon born with an afro and uh, uh, nearly knock him to the ground. Uh, 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 but next to him, you see uh, uh, Cobble, and you also see uh, uh, the hulking figure of, of Oliver uh, behind them following. Oh, that's right, I forgot Oliver has this, like, construct right? <laughs> So, uh, uh, Corden, you bump into Vernail. Cobble, you watch Corden bump into Vernail. Oliver just watches silently. What do you guys do? I'm kind of surprised. I'm like, oh, Corden, there you are. I'm about to head over to uh, the uh, the monastery to go talk to Lena Everwater. Care to join us? Sure, I've been actually looking for you for like an hour. Oh, perfect. Um... Yeah, I'll uh, I'll tell him on the way about uh, uh, the I guess last night's escapades um, on the way, uh, but I'm not really sure how I feel about Silvira Savikas. There's there's a lot of questions as there's a lot of things. I like even though we got that shield banished, we I still don't really know if it's actually banished. It could have been. She could have sent it to. Someone very powerful. I don't know. That's true. Hmm. Okay. Well, um... Yeah, you should also probably know that there may be a way to save Diamond Finder. Uh, if we wanted to do that. Um, oh, that's very interesting. Yes. Oh, well, don't lose it. Whatever you do, don't <laughs> lose that. Uh, but yeah, we might be able to use that to actually resurrect him. Now, is this a is this a if the soul is willingly resurrection, or is this a type of necromancy mm -hmm. resurrection? That's a good question. I actually uh, make, make an arcana check, uh, both of you, Corden and uh, Cobble. <laughs> you guys aren't you guys aren't good one. at magic yeah <laughs> you guys aren't good at magic you don't know no, it's yeah i know a little bit but not enough like because he's been resurrected once and we killed him remember so i'm like is he gonna be zombified again that's basically why i was asking that and my hammer and smash your face magic pretty much it though 
Alright, well, when it, come, when, it, when it comes to it, we'll have to just figure it out. Record it. Uh, that's right. Alright. But, uh, but yeah, so... It does seem to be very promising. Um, the, the priest, I think, yeah, the priest of Tormo I was speaking to said it was very... Uh, you know, said it was like a holy... by the... the Necromancy. Okay. Oh, well, if the priest of Torm mentioned it was something, I'm sure it's not necromancy. Yeah. <laughs> but who knows? We'll cross that road when we get there. All right. So, are you guys gonna? We'll, we'll say you guys are doing this while you're walking. Then. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. I uh, have something I want to ask. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So. I know my boss. Mm-hmm. He's gonna want us to find her, to find this person. Do you trust this person? Uh, I. It's not. It's like fifty-fifty right now. Currently, uh, in our past exchanges with Sovira, she helped seal away a certain magical item that we had covered that was generally pretty evil. However, the stuff we've been dealing with will. Uh, is they like to make a lot of deals with some negative consequences, and I feel like Sylvia Sibikis may fall in that line somewhere. Maybe doing things for her greater good and not for our greater good. I'm not sure. We That's why I want to talk to Lena Everwater to figure out if someone gave her permission to use the teleport or if she found it herself. So I'm going to tell you right now, she would not Right, and that's what I've gotten from you, but... You want to hear from my boss? Yeah. We'll go, we'll go to her. Because I, I mean, I actually... I was going to say I know where she teleported to, but I'm not going to tell that yet. I will t- I'll probably tell that to Lena first, knowing that she's the head on show of this place. And it'll keep... All right, as you guys make your way back to the great reading room, uh, uh, you find uh, it's just a simple building, actually. I mean, think of it like a, our modern terms, like an office space, right? Essentially an empty office space. Uh, and as you approach uh, uh, this simple building, you, you enter, and uh, uh, there is Lena there actually uh, speaking with uh, Old Gavin himself. Uh, this is the head monk of all the head monks here at Candlekeep. Uh, uh, and you can see him. He is a uh, actually very peculiar-looking individual, also blue-skinned, but with a lighter, more icy uh, uh, tone, a light pale blue. Uh, more, more, like, his skin tone is like a pastel blue, kind of. Uh, and instead of hair on his head, he has these sort of crystalline, uh, uh, almost like crystals coming out of his, his, his uh, uh, scalp, kind of. Very strange to look at. And uh, uh, his eyes glow crystal blue, and uh, uh, he is also dressed in a simple purple robe. Um, and uh, uh, he sort of turns his head. Lena turns her head. And uh, um, go ahead. Uh, let's do a... Um, ooh. Yeah, let's have everyone make a perception check to see if you overhear or understand anything they're saying as you walk in. Brad, if you want to make a perception check. Uh, 
And uh, no, it seems you, you, you caught them at a, at a gap in conversation right as you entered. Nothing of value can be discerned from what they're saying. But they both stop it. They look at you in turn. And uh, Lena sort of looks at you, Vernail, and says, Oh, that was fast, Vernail. Um, forgive us. And then uh, uh, Wolgavin sort of cuts her off. No, 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 it's, uh, it's okay, Lena. Uh, uh, let them come in. Come in, please. Please, Vernail. Well done in Waterdeep, by the way. Uh, those gangs, they don't mess around. Come on in. And um, he seems to be a, a jovial, happy individual, uh, 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 very smiling. In fact, it's a little disconcerting with his uh, his crystals on his head and things. But uh, he says, please, please sit. Uh, and and you, the rest of you are? You, you can call me Kabul. And I'm Corden. And um, the machine behind you is that oh i know what that is that's uh Erlemir's work i see <laughs> you got one of our constructs well done we're hoping to turn those into uh, uh the guard force actually around here we want to automate everything tab but you know less monks guarding the walls and you know instead working the library well done seems like you've been busy around here i like that the job is far from done i'll tell you that <laughs> And, and at this mention, Cobble, he does give a serious nod and, and sort of uh, sobers up a little bit, less joyfully. He says, yes, indeed, we're aware of the security breach. Um, you have to understand, Candle Keeps Walls, we have arcane uh, 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 protective runes all over it. Teleportation is not possible by anyone within the city walls, as you know. However, it seems that we suspect perhaps Silvira has found uh, a blind spot within our security. Um, that's true. Um, I'll just tell him I witnessed her using that teleporter uh, last night um, in the in the caverns. You saw this firsthand. Yes. Mm. Interesting. And I caught a glimpse of where she might have gone to through the portal as well. And where is that? The abandoned, destroyed monastery outside of town where our uh, good good paladin friend was murdered a couple days ago. You mean the monastery of Azuf? Yes, sir. I see. We try and... Um, the monks know to stay away from that wood, and specifically that area within the wood that's a dark place of undeath and disease. Um, I'm sorry your paladin friend was lost. Um, I believe uh, Selenway, the Temple of Torm, he is a good help to us, so you've been helping him as well. You have been busy, my goodness. And he sort of looks at Lena and says, uh, how long have they been here? And she says, oh, like six days, not even a ten day incredible um well very impressive all of you i do have a question for uh you and lena though uh would you know how silvira civicus came to be in charge of the great library oh <laughs> well no she's not in charge or of the great library she we give her access to tools and knowledge for her to Why do research. Why would she? Then I rephrase my question. Why was she given tools and access to the Great Library? She's very knowledgeable in in uh, 
infernal knowledge. She has a deep understanding of devils and how they work in the Nine Hells. And, um, well, that is an ongoing threat that always has been, and perhaps it always will be. It's a good idea to have someone who knows about all of that. But here's my question. I have a Giving this to her, wouldn't that hurt us as well? I'm sorry, giving her... I mean, oh. Giving, yeah, giving her access to all that, wouldn't that hurt us, like the monks as well? Wouldn't that uh, hurt... Up until now, she has been nothing but trustworthy. I mean, it, it took a... This was long before you came around, Vernail, but she had worked over a long period of time to earn our trust. It wasn't just given to her overnight. But trustworthy enough to use a teleport that she knows the rules? Uh, don't you think that that's something fishy, right? It's absolutely something fishy, but you have to understand, over the course of decades, she's never once acted in a way that that would... She's never done anything like this. This is very strange. This is very strange and shocking, in fact. Is this some sort of long play that she's been planning this whole time, over the course of decades? That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking she finally found what she needed. Mm, I don't know if she's been looking for something, but based on our encounters uh, with me and Corden and some of the yes. things we've been acquiring over the last couple of weeks, I think she may have made a deal with something or she's trying to combat everything herself with demons or devils. Every time we encounter something, there's a new devil or something near the monastery or some sort of undead creature and... Who knows? She could have been, like like uh, you said, it could have been a long con. Who knows? But I think we have to find her fast and quick to question her allegiances. Either it's to Candle Keep or it's to something in another plane of existence. Well, Gavin uh, uh, has been sort of listening uh, quietly and he finally leans in and says, um, well, if there's one thing for certain, uh, you all have proven yourselves incredibly invaluable to the interests of Candlekeep. And um, I would ask for your help again. Uh, if you agree to help us, uh, we will extend your license to enter the city indefinitely. You can have access without the customary payment or the 10-day license. Um, is that something you'd be interested in? Heck yeah, because I know this is going to take longer than dead. I don't have three books to give. Currently, I don't want to get kicked out. It's not done until it's done. Very yeah. well, very well. Uh, we'll let the guards know, and um, we'll have you uh, uh, allowed access in the gates for the, f for the foreseeable future. Um, now, let's talk about how we should proceed here. Uh, where did, do we know... Does anyone have any idea where Silvira could have gone? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I, th I yes. believe you said the, the I did monastery. Reveal that yes. I... Okay. Yes, this place is... Uh... We need to go in and clear it out. Whatever's in there. Whatever undead thing. Whatever evil there is that's residing in there. I think we need to deal with the monastery of Azuth once and for all. It's been a sore uh, uh, in this region for us for a long time. And we've avoided it out of the fear of disease, but since you've been there and returned, uh, perhaps it's no longer 
the arcane plague perhaps is no longer active. Um, I think we should finish this. I don't know. What do you think? What I think is, I think someone took refuge, uh, knowing that that was a, like you mentioned, there was a scarred plane of disease there, and that may not be there, but someone is taking uh, habitants there uh, and is hiding in those ruins. When we visited that undead beholder, that's not completely natural. There's some sort of cult or evil there. And also, they do have one of your mechanical golems, which is very, very uh, advanced tech. And having that in the wrong hands, we need to also retrieve that. That was our mistake, our bad. Um, I, I am well-versed in the history of the Monastery of Azuth, and, and I have to tell you the... The, the undead problem there, the undeath problem, uh, we suspect is a curse that was placed on it by a, a very powerful necromancer. However, I don't think, uh, um, I don't suspect that the, the necromancer is some sort of lich, like living forever. Like, yeah, there, I don't think there's a necromancer right. there. But the, I think the undead problem was a residual effect from whatever conflict happened at the monastery. Hmm. Whatever's in there, I don't think there is... Perhaps it's not tied. I'm not sure, but perhaps something in there is not tied to the undeath problem. That has always been there uh, since <laughs> since I've been here even a very long time. Well, uh, we, we won't be sure until we go and reinvestigate it once again with willing parties and not just by by chance of patrolling we kind of stumbled upon it and we weren't uh ready for that but well if you're willing to take the job for nail i'm assigning you this it's an order <laughs> uh he sort of laughs at you for nail <laughs> uh i'm going to uh call my vacation just because you know that was my last Oh, you're going on... Oh, you have vacation saved up? I didn't know that. Okay, well... But I do want to go on an adventure. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is the job. Yes. <laughs> no, but like, I want to do it on my own accord, not a guy that I... Oh, and then, and then uh, uh, Wool Gavin looks at Lena, and he, and he sort of gives an eye roll in her direction. He, uh, him and his free-spirited freedom, all this, and you just... It's fine, I get it. Go do what you want to do. Which is what I want you to do, anyways. So, yes. <laughs> but, before, but before that, we start this mission. I feel that they, in, the two of them, have something they need to do first. Because the more, the merrier. Uh, in my opinion. Okay. Things that we have to do are on the way. Well, if it's on the way, then yeah. I, mean, I didn't know if it was on the way or not. It's definitely we'll need a caravan this time. We're taking a pair. We're not just taking donkeys. We're we're bringing wagons. Whatever you need, uh, visit the stables. I'll let them know. Uh, um, we'll go ahead and put it on the uh, the avowed account, if you will. Uh, whatever you need, whatever they have available, it's yours, and you'll be compensated handsomely for the completion of the job. Uh, meet us back here. Um, if you'll excuse me, I'm a busy man. Uh, I have other things to attend to. Uh, Lena, I'll have you oversee this. And Vernail, good luck. And and so, uh, Wool Gavin stands and, and, and leaves the great reading room um, to go do what he does. 
uh, Lena sort of says, well, um, I'll go ahead and sort out the, uh, the issues with the stables. Whatever you need there, they'll give it to you. Um, is there anything else you require? Mm hmm. Well, I'm sure we can gather our supplies throughout. Well, I guess if... Do you have a local apothecary in the town that would be willing to support this type of expedition? I would check at the um, the Tower of Exaltation uh, is where a lot of our, our experiments take place. And uh, we don't have an official apothecary here, but, but there are uh, uh, experimenters in that sort of discipline that may be able to help you. Okay. Might visit that um, after the meeting here to gather supplies. Okay. Experimental supplies, at least. Sure, sure. Um, all right. Uh, Lena sort of turns to everyone else in the room. Is there anything anyone else needs before I go and, and begin uh, setting this up for you all? I'm good. Okay. Um, again, thank you. Thank you uh, as outsiders. Um it is a it is a good thing you're doing for us. Um, good luck, and um, you can find me here if you need anything. And uh, Lena turns and, and leaves the room. Uh, you guys are all left in the great room together, alone. Um, what do you want to do? What time of day is it? Uh, it's late morning at this point, probably know, 10, 11 o'clock. Okay, uh, I'm going to visit the Tower of Exaltation to go create an order for experimental potions, I suppose. Whatever I can find in the Tower of Exaltation. And then I'll just rack up a bill. <laughs> okay, um, sure. And uh, you know what, Let's we'll do this. Alina, uh, before she leaves, Lena Everwater gives you all a certificate, basically, uh, uh, Almost kind of like a badge, but 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 a certificate uh, written on parchment in, in finely scrawled handwriting, uh, uh, saying that you're acting in the name of Wolgavin, uh, uh, the the keeper of tomes of Candlekeep, and that anything you require is is to be uh, issued to you. Uh, so you all have that. If you want to place that in your write that in your inventory, uh, um, what could we call this? Uh, uh, certificate of the tome of the keeper or something. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Of the Keeper of Tomes. Okay, so Cobble, you're going over to Exaltation, the Tower of Exaltation, to to search for an experimenter in potions. Uh, uh, what what do you, you other guys want to do, Corden and and Vernal? Uh, I'm going to go home and get some sleep. Okay, Vernal's going to rest. I, I, yeah, I just did. I just got back from the mission. Two bitches back to back. So. Uh... All right, sounds good. And uh, Corden, what do you want to do? Um, I'm tired of what Cobble's doing. I'm not feeling too tired. I've been kind of resting the last days. So I'm, right. I'm like on the brink of like exhaustion. I just need to do this one thing before I go to sleep. Yeah, I think I'm at like 24 hours right now. So I'll, I'll have a little downtime. But all right, so. Uh, Kabul's been, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kabul, you're going to take a level of exhaustion. You're already at that point. Um, yeah. 
but I'm just like walking around yeah. town, so I don't think it's like too too crazy. If this, okay. if I wasn't in a town like this, then yes, I'd be concerned. But all right, for uh, nail, for nail, you're heading back to uh, uh, you know the monk barracks, which is on on the border of the of the grove in the city, uh, where all the monks sleep in. There's just simple sleeping chambers there. Uh, that's really all they they use. Um, but uh, how are you guys gonna meet back up? When and how and why? Uh, if you guys are gonna split up again? Um, on where a specific time tomorrow morning or something? Please rest. Uh, I guess we could finish our. Well, I mean, we do, usually don't want to travel around at night. So if you're, it's midday and you're, so that's eight hours. I guess we could set out at night and we'd get there in the morning, but we'd be on like opposite, opposite stuff. Um, I guess just maybe the court of air or at what are the the um where's the map thing um is it the the hearth we could just meet up at the hearth as we normally do we generally meet up there commonly I think the hearth is in the middle of town this is where the hearth is oh, okay yeah that's yeah that's fine. The hearth is near the the main entrance to the city. Uh, also, okay. next, kind of next to where the uh, the house of rest is. Right. All right. Yeah. That that's fine. We could meet up at the hearth or at the. Um. Yeah. All right. So, uh, uh, Vernail, you you head over to the monk barracks to go get some shut eye, exhausted from your traveling from your most recent mission. Uh, uh, Corden and Kabul. Uh, Kabul, you're absolutely exhausted. You do have one level of exhaustion at this point as you make your way to the uh, Tower of Exaltation. Um, at this point, it's it's late morning, uh, and and you enter. And the, of course, there's the main desk at the entrance where a little uh, gnome woman with thick glasses sort of looks over, bent over a tome uh, placed on the desk, and she looks up at you. Uh, Hello, how can I help you? Welcome to the Tower of Exaltation, seekers. Hello, we're uh, we're looking for. I've heard there is experimental potions or some sort of apothecary here in the the uh, Tower of Exaltation. If you could point us in the right direction, that would be most grateful. Oh yes, you're looking for Gan. Uh, Gan would be on the the stairwell just behind me to the right. Um, uh, head up to the third floor. Uh, you'll see the. Um, you see the man up there. Gan is his name. Um, very well. And we'll take that advice and go look for Gan. Okay, as you make your way up the stairs, it's a simple staircase. This one, uh, not very much like the... Uh, there's a secondary staircase, almost catty corner, uh, to the one you're going up now. That was the one you would go up to see uh, uh, hey, Mir. Hold on a second, guys. Yes. Yeah, no more crackers. All done. He's just shoving them in his mouth as fast as he can. All done, crackers. All done, crackers. I'm gonna fall under the table. 
I can finish now if you want me to. No, no, no. I just want to make sure we can get the stores before they close, that's all. Yes, we'll be done well, well before they close. No, I'll go rush it. Okay. It's only 3.30. Okay. They close at 6? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll be and done I don't want to be there at like 5.30. Yeah. But... Yeah. It's fine. Plus we would need to make dinner. Okay. All right. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, yeah, simple stairway leading up to the third floor. Uh, you find uh, it just sort of the stairway sort of, sort of opens up into a landing, uh, uh, basically a, a large room, and you can hear the sound of uh, bubbling and and broiling, and, and and you can see a lot of uh, tables, several uh, about a half dozen tables covered in like glass vials and uh, um, decanters. And other uh, chemistry words I don't know, uh, uh, with with various uh, liquid uh, liquids of various colors flowing through like little glass pipes and tubes and things. Um, and at the center of these desks, sort of surrounding, you see a um, uh, a gnome, a little gnome man with uh, um, uh, uh, shaking hands, with a little beaker, sort of uh, shaking as he takes one little drop into a a, a beaker, and then psh, puff of smoke comes out of it, and he says, "Ah, dang, nabbit!" And he sort of turns and sees you. Oh, hello. What can I do for you? Hello, we're interested in uh, acquiring some of your uh, concoctions on uh, uh, what's, uh, I guess, on the House of Candlekeep for expedition. But on the house? Really? Yeah, I, I, I show him a certificate that Lena, Lena wrote for us. And he sort of, uh, uh, he looks at it, he's like almost so close to it, he like his nose is touching the page, and he's mumbling to himself as he reads, and he hands it back to you, fight, whatever. What is it you want? Well, uh, healing, poison, uh, you want, oh, you want, you want ogre strength? I can give you ogre strength. Um, I'll take, uh, some, uh, if you have some healing concoctions and ogre strength for Corden over here might be really good. Yeah, I'd be interested. Or maybe some, like, healing-related potion. That ogre strength is gonna set you off like crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll set you. It'll set this one off. Dwarves, man, I tell you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let me go take a look here. And he starts, like, fumbling through his glass files and, and things like that. And I'm, uh, I'm just pulling up my list of potions here. Hold on. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Potion of Giant Strength is what I meant to yeah, say. About, that's even better. Yeah. I was about to say, like, Ogre's pretty good, but... Uh... Giant Strength. Oh, boy. All right. Potion of Giant Strength. When you drink this potion, your strength score changes for one hour. The type of giant determines the score. So this is going to be Hill Giant. Your strength score will increase to 21 for one hour, uh, Corden, if you want to add that to your inventory. Alrighty. Um, and you can go ahead just Google Potion of Giant Strength if you want to copy and paste that, uh, just to yeah. have it. Uh, um, uh, Cobble, uh, what is it? Uh, what specific potion? Is there a specific potion you're looking for, or perhaps the nature of one? Well, if if we're looking at um, maybe like a greater healing of potion, I don't know what's available for him. Um, I don't know if we like if if I'm gonna ask without limitations, like would you have superior or like a greater healing available to him? What, what do you think this is? 
What do you think this is? This isn't some large scale operation with some sort of looking. That, that's what I'm asking. I don't know okay. what you have. I, I, do I have greater healing? Maybe. Let me take a look. He seems to be quite impatient. Quite impatient man. I want to look it up so I don't give you something that's too strong. <laughs> no, I know. It's like, there's a lot of potions out there. It's like, well, what do you have that's available to me? Not what do you, it's like, hey, I want to have, like, potion of invulnerability right now. <laughs> okay, yeah. He, and so he comes back up and he, and he looks, uh, um, uh, he pulls up a, a vial of, of, of red a bubbling liquid it looks like almost kind of like um like if you were to look at a glass of champagne but like the bottle's corked it's it's very strange so the bottle's corked but it has that sort of champagne effect happening inside of it um and and, and he sort of hands this to yeah potion of greater healing all right on the house typical i better be reimbursed for this you better tell lena you write it down and send it to yeah. uh was it white mean uh yeah, oh, Wool Gavin? Who yeah, Wool yeah. You, no, you I, tell Wool this is this is on him. I'm not so. sending shit to Wool I'm going to talk to Lena. If I don't get paid, I'm going to come find you. Just, just tell Corden and Kabul we're here, and they'll let you know. This is for uh, an expedition. Very, very important. All right. And uh, uh, hold on one second. And uh, you know what? Go ahead. Uh, you know what? Just take this extra one here for you, uh, uh, just in case. Um, who knows? I had this one lying around for a while. It's called oil of slipperiness. Uh, the sticky black uh, uh, un unguent uh, is thick and heavy in the container, but it flows quickly when poured. The oil can cover a medium or smaller creature, along with its equipment wearing or carrying. Uh, uh, Applying this oil takes 10 minutes. The affected creature then gains the effect of freedom of movement spell for 8 hours. Uh, alternatively, it can be poured on the ground as an action when it covers a 10-foot square, uh, duplicating the effect of the grease spell. So you can make someone uncatchable or or, or the floor very slippery. So you have a, a oil of slipperiness as well. Um, feel free to Google that so you can copy and paste it. Um, and that is it for your free potions. Uh... Uh, again, sort of looks at you guys. Well, is that it? Uh, kind of busy. Kind of a busy guy. So that's it for us. All right. And he, he doesn't even say bye. He just turns and goes back to his work. That's all I had for today. And I'll probably go back and get rest because I haven't slept in 24 hours. And then I'll mention to Corden if he wants to like set up the like. A caravan or something like something more than just like the two horses that we had last time so we can bring back um a potential uh construct right because we gotta bring that back for um oh, i always forget her name erwin Aromir. Aromir, yeah not erwin all right yeah we'll do something like that see if i can find some wagons and some mules maybe 
All right. Um, so Cobble, you're going to sleep. Corden, um, are you? Are you? Do you want to handle the <laughs> the stable business? Sure, I can even buy. All right, hold on a second. My son. You don't have to. You have the little construct. You have the, right the badge. You just show the badge or the certificate. Fine. How would you spend money? I mean, I guess it would help the town, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're helping the town a lot already. Yes. They should pitch in a little bit for her. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, you, your character is up for 24 hours, and I was, like, uh, we don't want to be traveling with exhaustion, because it just adds more exhaustion. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just saying, because, like, I could have stole one of his rare potions. You don't want, no, you don't want to steal. <laughs> I mean, it's for free. They're giving it to us for free. <laughs> Everything. I, I, like, I like to steal things sometimes. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's on you. <laughs> I don't want to be caught in that, so. Or you've been building reputation here. I'm not about to lose rep. All right, I'm back. Uh, my son's going crazy. But uh, <laughs> so we're so Corden, what specifically are you doing? Cobbles, you've gone to the house of rest to go to bed. Um, some carts or some wagons or some way of hauling very heavy things back to candle keep okay if we take a look at your journal i think the stable there's a stable yeah. entry that would be my guess yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, as you enter, this was the man you dealt with last time, Robin Cloudfang. Uh, he's an old man, 75 years old. Um, he has a, a very long, straight, uh, uh, gray with little streaks of auburn in it and, and, and blue eyes. Um, he has rough pockmark skin and is uh, mid-height. He sort of says, Ah, yes, hello, uh, welcome back again. How did that mule treat you? Uh, the mule is fine. Just was Good, good. We have your, your horses. You have two horses right now and a mule uh, stabled. Are you ready to, getting ready to leave the city, or? Uh, yes, we actually are. Uh, heavy things around. Okay, Our uh, you did, uh, I believe you guys, you guys arrived from Baldur's Gate. When you first came to Candlekeep, you had a cart. Oh, we did have a cart. It was pulled by a single horse. Um. Do we need a second cart? I mean. You're, you're on your own, Corden. You're here by yourself, <laughs> conducting business, so. I have your cart, your two horses, and your mule. Um. You know, we could, uh, I could give you a good old, good war horse. 500 gold pieces. I a horse, actually. may have some additional companions this time around. So. Uh, it'd be good to have a third horse, but yeah, it sounds like we may not need to actually get a cart. We just need to bring it with us. Yeah, yeah, I could have that loaded up for you. Are you leaving right now? Uh, no, not until the I'll have it. I'll have everything pulled up and, and tied up 
uh, uh, early in the morning. I'll, I'll hook up your two horses to your cart, and you'll have the uh, the mule on the side. But let me tell you a little something about this war horse. All right, you can attack while riding it. Imagine this: swinging your glorious war hammer from the back of a horse as you ride down your enemies. How does that sound, friend? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not super keen on it. Yeah, well, it's worth a shot. Dwarf like my feet on the ground, but maybe some of my uh, companions will. Yeah, maybe. Well, anyways, uh, uh, don't worry. I got some extra feed in there. Uh, um, I, I gather you showed him your uh, your um, your certificate, <laughs> your Wolgavin certificate. Yeah, that'll give me a war horse for free. Uh, and <laughs> as as he makes his sales pitch, only after the fact do you show him the um, <laughs> the certificate from Wolgavin, and his face sort of pales. Uh, Oh, oh! I was going to sell that war horse. Um, uh, I guess uh, maybe I can. Give I guess it, that's on him if he wants to give it up or not. <laughs> be generous. That's true. I mean, he could also not sell it. Maybe I could make it worth his while. I got, I got money. Uh, go ahead and make a persuasion check. Alrighty, I happen to be pretty good at those. Hopefully, I'm, I'm rolling better. <laughs> <laughs> he rolls a crit. Uh, you don't even... He just says, um, well, I'll, I suppose they'll, they'll compensate me in time for it. So, yes, you can ha have this war horse by all means. Um, here she is. And he, and he walks over and shows you uh, this. Uh, it's a pure black shining coat. This is like a pure bred horse, and it's it's massive, broad-shouldered. Uh, the other two horses you guys have are slender uh, they're like workhorses, essentially. Uh, this thing you can tell was bred for battle. Uh, this warhorse with its shining, sleek coat, uh, pure bred, and uh, it looks mean in the eyes, um, uh, but uh, totally receptive to to uh, the stable owner as he sort of uh, pats its side a little bit. Looks like it's been tamed, but but uh, uh, he says, "Yeah, that's I'll, I'll bring this out alongside uh, in the can't, morning." Can't people pay him? He'll just, you know, that's like five hundred dollars from Canopy. The, the mayor is basically giving him the money. <laughs> I guess I did make the sale, didn't I? Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, and so he sort of. It's like it's uh, not uh, free, but we're not paying it. Yeah. So, um, you're gonna have a warhorse alongside. Um, and so mechanically speaking, for this game, the workhorses you can't really make attacks from. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you get in a combat situation, whoever's riding the warhorse can ride a basically do mounted combat uh from the back of this horse the other horses in the mule you cannot do that because they're skittish they'll buck you off you know they don't like the smell of blood this horse has been trained to to withstand such things so you'll have that uh, a part of your horse crew now as well um so uh okay if that's it cordon what do you want to do i think that probably takes care of our transportation situations so i'm just gonna go back and go to bed as well all right, everyone goes to bed, and everyone goes to sleep, and has uh, um, a wonderful evening of sleep uh, at the bunkhouse or at the um, the house of rest for nail at the uh, the the monk barracks. You guys awaken first thing in the morning. Are you guys gonna first thing meet just meet up? What are you guys gonna do? I think we just first thing meet up. 
Yes, yeah, so we're all at the house, so we should be waking up and like seeing each other at the house Vernail of rest. Vernail is not at the house of rest. He's at the monk barracks. You guys are at gotcha. the visitor. Okay. Like it's like the visitor barracks. I'm just gonna head to the heart. Okay, and Kabul and and Corden. What are you guys doing? Yeah, uh, I will do the same, and then we can like pay. Um, I guess we wouldn't have to pay because we still have the certificate, but we can gather some on the like on the road food. Every time we leave, I usually just like grab food at the hearth. Okay, uh, if you guys want to take a look at the menu at the hearth tab in the journal, uh, a cat. There's a you should see the hearth under the candle keep locations uh, spot in the journal. There's a menu there, so if you want to get some food there, you can. Um, yeah, I'll probably just buy the steward of mutton, soft cheese, tankarded cider, and I'll, I can just even give him eight copper, that's nothing. I'll have another two wheels of cheese, and then some cider and all that stuff. So, th I mean, we don't, we don't have to, like, calculate, like, our food on the road, you know what I yes, mean? Yes, you will, that will be consumed passively, um, at least for a day or two. Um, right before you guys have to start thinking about rations uh vernail or and cordon is there anything you want to get while you're at the hearth yeah i'm gonna get the vegetable stew with mother cider and a cold egg and beetroot tankard of cider okay so uh you should see the total there you're gonna subtract that from your money do you have uh money entered into your character sheet i don't know if we did that i can't remember Technically, he can, he can flash his little badge for free. That's right. <laughs> he can, oh. There you go. Okay, you all flashed your badge, and you got... Uh, uh, actually, uh, Ch Chadwin. You guys know Chadwin at this point. You've seen him several times since you've been here. He says, oh, moving up, are we? Well, uh, I better be reimbursed, reimbursed soon enough. Sometimes Lena gets uh, real relaxed on that kind of thing, you know? I'll have to get on her about that. And he sort of gives you guys your food. And, and, and your cider and uh, okay you guys are provisioned it looks like fantastic now wh where is it specifically that you guys want to go first what's your what, what what's your overall goal what's your first so um, on our way back from the monastery I ran into or I guess me and Corden both ran into let me find the name real quick, so I actually wrote down. We ran into someone named Ar um, Ardeon, and I'm assuming Ardeon is at the village mentioned by Corden's mentor, uh, the priest mentor, of, to inspect if there's a shaman still in that village. If So before we go to the monastery, we should check in back at Ardeon's village and see if we can resolve... Um, Diamond Finder. Our Arterin is Arterin, the, yeah. You came across a lizard folk. Uh, that's a humanoid lizard person. Uh, different from a dragonborn. They kind of have more like alligator mm -hmm. elongated. Right, snouts. but the, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't know if the dragonborn was in that village. He just said a village out in the sharp woods of the sharp teeth. Correct. He didn't give us an exact location. So if we're gonna inspect and try and find that shaman or dragonborn or something, he they, that could that person could be in Ardalan's village. Yes. Okay. So is everyone in agreement? You all want to go 
after the uh, Arduin, the uh, the tribe of Benzvenk, is what they said. She could even redirect us. If, if, even if he's not there, they might know the village we're speaking of. Okay. Uh, uh, as you guys uh, approach the stables uh, in the Court of Air, just outside, it's, it's almost like uh, uh, down down the street a little ways from uh, uh, the Hearth Tavern. And uh, uh, you see that as you approach outside, yes, there is uh, Mr. Cloudfang there. Uh, uh, sort of got your horses, and you see a, a mean-looking... Uh, a black war horse saddled up next to the cart with the two workhorses pulling it. And then on the opposite side, you see handsome uh, Hannah's old mule that she was riding. Um, so, uh, uh, Cloud Fang looks at you guys. Oh, yes, sir. Ready to go. There you are. Uh, you got some feed in the cart in the back there. You should be good for a couple of days. Fantastic. Does this work for everybody else? Yeah, I, I think so. I'm I'm prepared. A little bit more prepared than we were last time, I think. Okay. Uh, what? Who's doing what? Someone needs to drive the cart. Um, I can drive the cart. Okay, and then you have the two mounts. You have the, the war horse and the, uh, the mule. Someone could also ride in the back. You could have the the extra animals sort of trail along the cart. How specifically do you guys want to want to make this travel? Well, knowing that um, our new companion is six foot, I think he might want to ride. He that's a little harsh for the mule to ride a six foot dragonborn. So he could ride one of the horses, or he could ride the war horse. Whoever wants to ride that, it could be Corden. You know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I could ride a real horse, but she wants to ride a real horse. <laughs> it don't matter. I mean, I could always sit in the back and chill. I'm always. Do we need the mule? We could leave the mule stabled because we have the two. We have two horses, and oh no, we actually have to bring it because we're trying to bring Diamond Finder back. If we are successful with bringing, he needs a horse back. So, so the, the Goliath, the Goliath is gonna ride the mule. He could ride the war horse <laughs> on the way back. So, yeah, we have to bring it with. So, um, yeah, you guys decide because we we just have a caravan with us basically. Okay, uh, so I'm so, if I heard correctly, Kabul, you're going to drive the cart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vernail, you're going to ride in the back of the cart. Corden, what are you doing? He's muted. Damn it. I guess I'll give the horse a try then. Okay, it's actually quite comical to watch a, a dwarf try and mount this massive uh, war horse. Uh, <laughs> make an oh. athletics check, Corden. Make a what? An athletics check. Oh, well, I do happen to be uh, pretty pretty athletic. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, right? Now. Nope. 
Damn. <laughs> it's uh, several people passing by uh, down the street watching and, and laugh a little bit as Corden even tries to reach his one dwarf leg up to the to the stirrup. And it's quite comical to watch for a couple minutes as he struggles. But then finally, he sort of sits on the back of this broad shouldered animal, but his legs are kind of splayed out because it's too wide for them to get around. <laughs> you know, and very funny uh, dwarf riding a I massive war horse. I told you, um, horse on the line on horses. I'm gonna give it a go. Oh, whenever you want to switch, uh, Corden, we can do that. I mean, like now, now. I will. All right, uh, you can drive the cord, Corden. I'll, I'll ride the warhorse. And so, as you as you guys leave the gates of Candlekeep, you can see like uh, uh, Corden's like bouncing into the saddle. He's like, ah, you know, and uh, you guys stop and pull over <laughs> immediately after leaving the city and switch. Cobble looking a little bit. Uh, uh, more more comfortable on the war horse and Corden driving the cart uh, uh, with Handsome the mule sort of uh, tethered to the side of the cart and trailing along. Um, so as you guys travel north north up the coastway, uh, uh, you're going to go up uh, for about a half hour and then eventually you're going to have to turn off. Let me get you guys to a different map here. You can see, let's see here. So that's sort of the path you have to take uh, from Candlekeep, traveling up the coastway for a little ways, and then tra uh, turning east uh, inland. But there's no, there's no paved path. This is just rolling grassy hills out to the way of sharp teeth. Uh, so who is uh, Corden? You're driving the cart. So let's go ahead and have you make a, um, we'll just say, uh, uh, animal handling check. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, not great. Corden uh, spends a lot of the time trying to just keep the, the horses online and it's a little bit rocky and hilly. This isn't a, a, like a. Uh, a road that you guys are traveling on and it takes quite some time uh you don't make your way to the edge of the wood of sharp teeth until well after dark uh it's it, by the time you guys get back to where where you had set camp previously the sun is already hey. set what are you doing what are you doing there we just uh camp where we where where we know and uh i'd say rest until uh until the evening because that was a uh, full days of travel All right, uh, and then of course, I, and actually I forgot, again, I keep forgetting about Oliver. Oliver's with you guys. He's riding in the cart probably, because uh, yeah. there's nothing else he can ride. Uh, so, yes, making camp. How do you guys want to uh, uh, make camp? Do you want to have a fire watch? What do you guys want to do? Based on what we know is in the sharp teeth, I think I Kabul would probably want to have um, a watch. Even though it's a little bit further in, but I want to make sure we just don't get ambushed by something. It's been a couple days, so they could have easily added something or some things. We don't know how many gangs are left in there. The, the dwarves and the, the orcs that are, for whatever reason, working together could still be out there. So. 
I'd say I'll I'll start the firewatch or whoever wants to start the firewatch. I'll, I'll start the firewatch first. I can do second shift. Yeah, what's wrong, baby? Yeah, fir first watch is best watch. Everyone knows. That's true, actually. I'll do whatever. Sounds like I'm last. Okay, so uh, for you guys to sleep eight hours, you're gonna need to sleep eight hours to get a full uh, a full rest. Uh, split between the two of you guys. Ooh, that's gonna be three. Um, it's all of, all of her can age as well since he's in a. Giant oh yes, that's right. Level. Yes. Okay, so two hours each. That's actually perfect. You guys can each get six hours and still get that get that good rest. So uh, as you guys um, go through the night, first watch is gonna be Cobble. Cobble, go ahead and make a perception check. Uh, as you sit fire watch while the others sleep. Okay, you got. Uh, did you guys actually light a fire in your camp? Yes. Okay, so you sit by the fire awake. Um, uh, you see that you're at the edge of this dark wood. You can see the silhouettes of the trees sort of spanning out uh, north and south around you. Uh, uh, and, and it's hard to see into the wood as it's, it's densely packed uh, of foliage and, and, you, and you watch and you don't. You don't really see anything of, of notice of importance on your watch. Uh, uh, Cobble, uh, your watch ends. You Who's second? Okay, Vernail wakes up um, after two hours of sleep. Groggy. Go ahead and make a perception check. Yeah, again, you, you watch this uh, silhouetted tree line that, that sort of uh, sprawled out north and south before you guys. You don't really see anything of, of importance on your watch. Uneventful. Uh, uh, and then up next will be either Corden or Oliver. All right. I can go. Doesn't matter to me. Okay, Corden is awakened by Vernail, and uh, Corden sits by the fire. Go ahead and make a perception check. Oh, boy. All right, here we go. <laughs> Corden actually falls asleep. Unfortunately, Corden falls asleep. Oliver doesn't even get to make his watch because Corden just slept. Uh, uh, and and dawn comes, and and Oliver sort of wakes up. Uh, um, and uh, uh, you know what? What you know? Thinking about this, Vernail. Yeah. So let let's talk about this, Vernail, and get you caught up on Oliver. Uh, so you see now that as you travel with this this mechanical warforged creature, uh, you see now that as you leave the city and you, you enter the wild rolling hills, uh, Oliver removes the cloak and you see that it's actually this, this very mechanical construct. It's like a, a clockwork human figure that's sort of this hulking like war machine that has two swords uh, strapped to its belt. And when he talks, have you seen uh, Full Metal Alchemist? I have, yes. It's yes. Yes, like that. It's like almost like the voice of a child with like a metallic echo kind of thing when you talk to him. And, uh, you know, he says, oh, hello, Vernail. Nice to meet you. And it's this big hulking creature, uh, clockwork creature, right? Well, as you guys make camp for the evening, you see sort of this, this mechanical clockwork thing sort of shut down and, and steam bellows out from it. And, and, and the, uh, the clockwork creature sort of reaches for its faceplate and removes it. And inside, inside the skull, you can see uh, what looks to be like a small cockpit of some kind. And in there, you see a, a small mouse uh, wearing armor. And on the mouse even has his own little short, short swords, uh, tiny, tiny mouse short swords attached to his belt. And uh, um, you can see uh, uh, Oliver sort of looking for Nail, like, oh, hello, nice to meet you. Uh, this is me. I'm Oliver. 
and uh, he sort of hops down from his clockwork uh, uh, armor that he wears and uh, uh, settles down to sleep for the night. But he's never woken up because Corden fell asleep. So, <laughs> uh, uh, but yes, that's Oliver. Actually, Oliver Oliver Buckleby is a mouse uh, who who pilots a, a mechanical suit of armor. Um, morning comes. Everyone awakens. You guys are at your uh, camp now. Um, how would you like guys like to progress? You say we're at the edge of the woods. Uh, I suppose we could keep the stuff here. But if we do find the other Warforge that we're looking for, it's going to be a pain in the ass to carry it to the edge of the woods again. I remember how hard it was to bring a giant, and I think the Warforge is heavier than the giant, I believe. Uh, the Goliath is so the Goliath, diamond yeah. finder. Yes, yeah, so uh, cat uh, Goliaths are very large. Um, they're like humanoid warrior mountain people. They're like seven foot tall, uh, really, really just... Yeah, like 200 pounds plus, uh, very large people. And uh, that's what these, these Goliath paladins are. Um, and so you guys had dragged a Goliath back out of the woods, and it was very arduous for you. Uh, so, you want to take some mounts into the woods? Is that what you're suggesting? Um, I... If... Do we still have the makeshift thing that we made or just or do we just use our ropes and just throw our ropes back in our bags you i would say you still have your ropes but that makeshift sled that you guys have okay. made to drag him is done for i don't know if our if our caravan is gonna make it through the woods because the trees are probably too uh, too close to each other and there's no real path so i think before we leave we maybe um make the sled like while in camp and then maybe take that sled with us if you guys are down with that because i know that's or no uh we're looking well first we're looking for that village right so i guess we make uh we should all make the sled and tie it to one of our horses and then ride in with the sled yeah all right so who specifically is going to make the sled um, I guess I could try again, knowing that we did it the first time. Yeah. I think me and Kabul did it together at like whatever. Uh, so yeah, Kabul, what I'm gonna have you do is you're gonna make a dexterity check. I don't think you have carpenter's tools or anything like that. No, I just have. So uh, this is gonna be tools. a very like survival, you know, scrap yeah. wood that you find using rope to tie weird knots, uh, to try mm -hmm. and make a makeshift sled. But you're gonna make it with advantage since you had already made one before. So go ahead and make a dexterity okay. check. Okay, yeah, it looks like uh, you remembered. Uh, in fact, this one might even be a little better made than the one you made before. Uh, it's a sturdy, just it's basically uh, uh, logs of wood sort of tied together, almost like a raft, you know what I mean? But, but something mm -hmm. that can be dragged uh, uh, behind one of the mounts, basically. And then uh, after that, I'll look for um sling ammo okay go ahead and make an investigation check yeah you find so like kind of like while i'm making stuff like oh that's a rock oh there's a rock over there yeah yeah you find four four rocks that are good to fit in your sling uh to use okay. as ammunition 
All right, guys, it looks like uh, you're ready to enter the wood of sharp teeth. And uh, that's where... I'll be, I'll, be, uh, I'll put uh -huh. the sled on the war the workhorse, or the warhorse, because war we'll ride the okay. warhorse in with the sled. Okay. It's probably yeah, and that's, it's, here, it's a trivial matter for this massive horse to drag this sled. It doesn't even barely notice. Um, okay. But uh, uh, that's where we're going to have to leave it off today. I got to go run some errands. Uh, we're going to cut it a little short today. But um, yes, and also that'll give me an opportunity to get uh, uh, Trevor caught up next week i'm gonna i gotta find a way for him to get out there <laughs> i don't know how but i gotta think about that uh, um but um yes so guys what did you think of this game did you, you liked it okay good definitely yeah it's, it's a good like catch-up episode because it's been good been a minute and then we kind of had to resolve a couple of our meetings with uh, Sabira and a couple other you know just also like gathering supplies for this because i know the last time we came out here we didn't really get supplies and we thought we'd be fine and we just like got ran over so it'll be better <laughs> i hope yeah you good know? well uh, hopefully it, I, I hope it wasn't how was the pacing of it story-wise was it good were you guys bored waiting for the other player to resolve his thing or, or was it entertaining were you guys paying attention no, it was cool. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to take some time to get Buddy together again, so...